0: Joining us now is someone that can speak to emotions a lot better than I can because she's an expert. She's a psychologist. She's a certified professional life and executive coach as well. Her name is Lisa Kaplan. Hi, Lisa.
1: Hi, G. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. I I love that clip. That was really funny. (laughs) He's
0: one of my favorite actors, and I've really appreciated and cherished all the little things that I can watch or see during the day, listen to, that make me feel a little bit better about
1: life. Absolutely. We all need it right now, don't we? Absolutely.
0: I'm excited to have you on the show today. This is your first time on the show. Well, I mean, this is the second week of the show. But uh, I'm excited to talk (laughs) with you. We're going to introduce you a little bit, get to know you a little bit. And that's all coming up. But first, we're going to do this. 312-981-7200 if you have a question for Lisa Kaplan. Lisa is a psychologist. She's also a certified professional life and executive coach. Lisa, I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. You live nearby in the
1: Chicago area, right? I do. I live in the northwest suburbs, so I'm not right in the city, but trying to talk my husband into coming back to the city. So (laughs) working my way back there. (laughs) And you are staying at home
0: with your family, and it sounds like you guys have kids as well.
1: We have three adult children. Two of them are living with us now. Not that they wanted to, by the way. Um, they're both in college, um, and so both worked to live with us currently. Uh, I think we're doing okay. No one's gotten hurt yet, but both of them seem pretty ready for fall to come to go back to college, and my eldest daughter's going. My daughter will be going back to work. Our oldest lives in Indiana with his new wife. So they're settling in there and sheltering at home in Indiana. So
0: tell us a little bit about your practice and what type of areas you
1: specialize in. So I only do coaching now. I don't do therapy at all anymore, okay. though obviously I'm a psychologist, and I carry that degree and that learning with me with everything I do. So I, about half my time is spent teaching. I do training around uh, coaching. I do training around communication, relationships, getting along with others, a lot of corporate work. And then the other half of the time I spend working with individuals, couples, groups, really on how do we get along with each other? How do we relate to each other? How do we manage stress? How do we uh, really think about what our lives are going to look like on the other side of this whole uh, pandemic? So. Uh, some areas that I'm coaching around that I hadn't planned on, but it's been a great opportunity to to learn more about what goes on for people.
0: Right. Can you explain some of the differences between what a professional life, I know you also work with corporations as well, but what a Uh professional life coach does in comparison to what a psychologist might help you with?
1: Absolutely. So a psychologist typically will help with, and not all psychologists, some psychologists do uh, some things similar to coaching, but often psychologists are helping with long-term issues maybe that have come up from the past or that are unresolved from the past, a lot of processing around uh, feelings and emotions and things that have gone on, obviously work with mental health issues. Um, and and a lot of it is process oriented, whereas coaching tends to be moving forward. So, coaching is really working with with emotionally healthy people who say, "Let's are trying to figure out next career steps, or how can I get along better with my boss, or how can I communicate with some of my team members or my family members." Certainly, right now there's a lot of that. Um, so, coaching is very forward focused.
0: What do you mean by process-oriented?
1: So in therapy, often we process around, let's say, a situation that happened in our childhood or uh, some feelings we're having around even a current relationship. And and therapy really kind of stays in those feelings mm-hmm. and processes, mm-hmm. lots of talking about those, whereas in coaching, we might tap into that, mm-hmm. but ultimately the the goal is to, okay, what do we do with that? We have the awareness, what do we do with that? So sometimes people come to me who've already gone through therapy and they've done a lot of that processing and now they say, you know, I really want to figure out how to take this forward, how do I put this into action, And so I'm really good with helping people go forward in that way.
0: I like that, Lisa, because uh, we need some action right now because a lot of people (laughs) you're the perfect person to help us because it's, you know, at this point, there's so many people that are so stressed out living in so much anxiety that they want to actually have tangible, concrete things, actions that they can take to alleviate Mm -hmm. that. Can you help us? (laughs) (laughs)
1: how much time do we have? (laughs) Um, I, I absolutely can. And I think one of the first things is really what you were talking about is before I came on is really allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling right now. There's no wrong feelings. There's no bad feelings. I hear a lot of people saying, I shouldn't feel this way. I have to get over this. I have to move on. Sometimes we're not quite ready to do that. So I think the first step is to really allow yourself to experience whatever feelings you're having and know that they're perfectly normal right now and perfectly understandable then the second step that i often have my clients do is i say okay let's make a list of what you can control and what you can't Um, usually the what we can control list is pretty small and what we can't control is pretty big and then i say okay what would it take to let go of the things you can't control Mm-hmm. to really, you know, leave those because there's nothing you can do about them, right? Mm-hmm. We, we can't control that there's a pandemic right now. We can try to take care of ourselves and, and have good health and all those things. But other than that, we can't really control it. Also following the rules, by the way, by staying home. Uh, but what can we control? We can control how we look at it. We can control um, how we respond or react to it, and then we can control what steps we want to take to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so really putting a plan in place of what do I want to do next? Maybe my career or my field has really changed. Maybe I will lose my job. Maybe I won't get my job back. Um, Maybe my financial situation is going to change. Okay. What can you do about it? And, and start, when we focus on what we can control versus what we can't, we're empowered, we feel more confident, and we take action. When we focus on what we can't control, we feel helpless and hopeless.
0: Wait, say that again, because I think that was really important.
1: <laughs> so, right, so when we focus on what we can control, we feel empowered, mm-hmm. right, because we're taking action and we can do something. When we focus on what we can't control, we feel helpless and hopeless.
0: Wow. Okay. And there seems to be so much right now that we can't control. And I imagine, I'm not even a control freak, but I have friends and family (laughs) members that are control freaks, seriously type A personalities. And I can only imagine that this is an incredibly difficult time if you're built that way.
1: Absolutely. I had a few client calls today, some coaching calls, and it it turned out it was all my type A clients today. And they all said the same thing. I'm really anxious about the future. i like to know. i like to have it on my calendar. i like to control what's going to happen. And so it's really frustrating. Um, I got a little type A myself. It's really frustrating to not know what the future holds. And so what I often, how my clients do is to, to realize that if I get too focused or if they get too focused on the future and what they don't know, then they're just spinning their wheels in aggravation right? Mm-hmm. You don't know. The only thing you really can control is right this moment. That's all we've got, right? right. What we do in this moment. Ugh. And so really letting go of the things that are in the future that are out of our control. And, and some of it is really having faith that you'll figure it out. We all do. We all figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. It might not go the way we want it to, but we figure out what we can do about it and we do it. We're resilient that way. (laughs) This
0: is what's remarkable. The level of things we can't control. And to this extent, it's just so unprecedented in the sense that, you know, you you can't even leave your house. You can't go to work. You're working from (laughs) Mm -hmm. home. You can't take a flight or you can't drive to go see someone. You can't even go and give your mom a hug if you guys aren't members of the same household. So what can we, Lisa, what can we control right now? (laughs)
1: I, the biggest thing we can control is how we look at all of this. And I know that's hard um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel like a a hands-on thing. It's not hugging your mom, right? Mm-hmm. But we can control about how we look at this. So, no, I can't hug my mom, but I know I can, by not hugging my mom, I'm keeping my mom safe and probably me and my family safe as well. Um, and that there will be a day in the future that I can hug my mom. And so really... Starting to think about, okay, so I know I can't do that today, so if I'm focused on it, I'm only going to be upset. So what can I do today? Maybe I call my mom. We've been teaching, my husband and I have been teaching our parents how to video (laughs) chat and use Zoom. And uh, because neither of our, we have, thank God, all four of our parents are alive but not living with us. So we've been communicating with them that way. And it's actually been kind of fun and funny and a challenge, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to to communicate differently with them than we might normally do. This is something like, you know, connecting that way really helps. Go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no.
0: Absolutely. No. I'm just going to add that that's something that's happening all over America, dare say all (laughs) over the world. One thing that I've looked at that's been a positive for me is I haven't commute. I've been communicating a lot more with people that I normally wouldn't have made the time to call. Uh, yeah. You know. Exactly. So I've, weirdly, I've been connecting more with people because I also know that they're home. So I have really close yes. friends in San Francisco and I have, I've been FaceTiming and Zooming happy hour with them because but right. I, I would never do that under normal circumstances because my assumption is is that they have they're way cooler than me and they have plenty of wonderful things to do and they're <laughs> going to be out and about and they don't want to be stuck at home on a you know Zoom happy hour. But so in in that way, I can see the positives of this because in some ways you've had to really be more thoughtful and yeah, make the time to connect.
1: Absolutely, and I I really do believe that as we. You know, evolve out of this eventually, that we're going to look back and say, wow, some really amazing things happened. And I think what you're saying is reaching out to people that you didn't talk to as much and having that connection, how important that was. Uh, Maybe, you know, spending time in thinking or praying or meditating or just being. I think a lot of us have not been just being for a very long time and so i think we're going to we're going to see that there were benefits right now there's understandable frustration and fear but i think there's a lot of growth here as well
0: when we talk about the things that we can't control and can control for a lot of people right now who have been laid off or are very mm-hmm. underemployed they can't mm-hmm. control what's happening with their finances and maybe they don't have a savings account that they can pull from right my, In that situation, when it feels that dire, you know, it's so imminent and it's real concerns of a roof over your head and food on the table and yeah, the ability, you know, yeah. the ability to send your kid to school when school starts back up or, you know, clothe yeah. and feed your children. I guess how how do you tell that person, try to focus on what you can control? But I guess that's what has to be done.
1: Well, exactly. Think about it. That that's the only choice you have, right? If you focus on what you can't control, you're going to be miserable. So the, the thing that I'm really seeing and hearing from people is call your landlord or call the bank who has, holds your mortgage and say, here's my situation. What can you do for me? And see, a lot, a lot of people, landlords, banks, are saying, we're going to give you a couple months. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're allowing breathers because, honestly, it's a win for them as well. No one wants to have to remove people from where they live, um, evict people. That's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. So what if we all tried to work together, you know, and ask for, can you give me a break for a couple of months? Can we reevaluate at that time? Why not? You have nothing to lose by asking. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. That's so, the communication is, is key, and I think what happens when people really get scared, they're afraid to communicate, and that makes sense, but that could really hurt them in the long run.
0: Absolutely. Um, I'm wondering, if you're listening right now, is it very difficult for you to ask for help under normal circumstances? Mm-hmm. And now you need help, but it's even more difficult. We're going to get tips from Lisa Kaplan. She's a psychologist, certified professional life and executive coach. We're going to get some tips on how you can ask for help if that's something that's truly difficult for you to do. Also, if you've got a question for her, 312-981-7200, just call in or text in as well. All that's Coming up with Lisa. Do you have a hard time asking for help? Even though you really, really need help, even under the best of circumstances, you have a hard time asking for help. And now you're here in the middle of a pandemic and you might really need to find a way and Figure out a way to ask for help from someone that you love. I'm sure they love you back. Here to give us advice on just how to do that is psychologist, certified professional life and executive coach, Lisa Kaplan. By the way, Lisa's website is com, And I just want to spell it for you, L-I-S-A-K-A-P-L-I-N.com. So make sure that the last name is K-A-P-L-I-N. Okay, Lisa, how do we ask for help if we're really bad at it?
1: So this is is a great question because I think this comes up for a lot of people. The first thing is to ask yourself, why am I afraid to ask for help? What's holding me back? Am Mm. I afraid they're going to say no? Am I afraid they're going to not want to be friends with me? Am I ashamed to ask for help? Figure out your own reasons. And get a handle on those. So then, when you really understand why and you've gotten yourself confident and comfortable, then you're going to show up to ask for help in a way that's um, really more positive. And so, the, how do you do it? You literally uh, step into your fear and ask for help and say specifically what you want from somebody or what you're asking for. I'm calling because I'd like to ask for you to uh, hold my rent for a couple of months because I've lost my job, or I'm calling to ask for help because I'm feeling really lonely and I'm wondering if we could have some time on the phone together. Uh, So get really specific in your ask. A lot of people say, oh, they know what I want. It turns out most of us aren't mind readers. We have no idea what someone wants unless they specifically Tell us what it is,
0: why is it so easy to feel that way though? why is it so easy? and i hear I hear myself say it, I hear my friends say it, mm-hmm. you know, I hear my mom mm-hmm. say it, well, they know that I'm going through this. Why haven't they called <laughs> me or they know this is the issue instead of sending me flowers, why didn't they write me a check or you know what <laughs> like why do we have a tendency to feel that way
1: to to feel like other people should know how we feel?
0: Yes, because they should Lisa. (laughs)
1: you know it's funny I really used to believe that until I got married and then I realized like you got to be a little more specific and I think we all think about things differently maybe I'd say oh you know she would call me if she really needed to talk Mm
0: -hmm. so I'm not going
1: to bother her when you're saying I wish Lisa would call me Mm -hmm. right and so we're just thinking it from two different points of view and we don't know what the other person thinks or wants and They don't know what we want
0: unless we say it. Right.
1: It's so difficult to do. I'm afraid to
0: ask for help. My fallback is always shame that I'll be discovered as a. I'm not a very great adult. Why you know? And I think also around the fact Mm -hmm. if it involves money, if it involves finances, I think that's always something that's difficult to ask for because there's already wrapped up in money is sort of you know you don't talk about money, you don't talk about yeah. Exactly. Right, and you, you're not supposed to ask your friends or family to borrow money or and then to ask a landlord to say, hey, like, I need help. I can't pay my rent. It seems like such a a lot of feelings of failure and shame are wrapped around
1: that, and yeah. that's something
0: that you have to overcome.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know what? They're understandable feelings. If, if anything right now, I think ever in our lives, we're all in the same boat, right? Mm-hmm. My husband's a dentist. He's not working at all right now, <laughs> you know, and it's not a good time for dentists. Let's just put it that right. way. Um, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. So you're not alone in asking, and there's no shame in asking. You didn't lose your job because you weren't good at it. You're You're not able to pay your rent because you're irresponsible. There's a pandemic, <laughs> right, that none of us could have prepared ourselves for. And so literally the whole world is in a similar boat, and, and I think just our ability to say to each other, here's where I'm struggling, here's what I'd like to ask from you, we'll, it will open the door for further conversation. I'm guessing any landlord that hears you say, uh, can, I pay, can I skip a couple of months' rent? will say to themselves, well, that's better than losing this tenant completely. And by the way, they're not going to be able to rent it to anyone else right now anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So ultimately, there's there's a win-win in there. And the win-win only comes from conversation.
0: So, Lisa, I am hearing you. What better excuse do you have than right now, this global pandemic to step (laughs) into your fear and ask for what you want?
1: Heck, yeah. I mean, really, are we, uh, God willing, we never have this opportunity again, Mm -hmm. this pandemic (laughs) opportunity, but we do, and, and we're all, everyone is struggling, and everyone's having their own issues, so why not communicate with each other and, you know, think about all the ways we can support and help each other if we just talk about it. So
0: do you recommend in terms of what we can control, do you recommend making a list? Do you recommend giving ourselves a timeline in order to do these things? I know for myself, I tend to avoid difficult topics and <laughs> subjects. And then it, you know, one day turns into three days, turns into two weeks.
1: <laughs> yes, so definitely make, I, I tell people all the time, make the list. What can I control, what can't? Take the I can't control list and put it away somewhere. Take the I can control list and then break it down. Uh, Maybe break some of it down into smaller parts and then break it down into when do I want to accomplish this by? When do I want to make this call? When do I want to rewrite my resume? Um, Who can I maybe call for some support on that? Break it down into small, really manageable bites and get a few things done every day so that you feel like you're moving forward, but you're also, you know, not making yourself crazy. And all of a sudden, those little steps lead to changes.
0: So don't be afraid to ask for help right now and be specific with your ask. Yes. What about your loving family members or household members that you are stuck with (laughs) at home Should you be specific with them about what you need from them or what's bothering you about them?
1: Well, (laughs) there were two pieces there. That was a loaded question. Sorry. (laughs) It was a really good loaded question. Um, I think we maybe at this time want to avoid saying specifically what's bothering us. Okay. And instead maybe get specific about what we want. Ah. So instead of saying quit leaving a mess in the kitchen we could say it would really be great if you could pick up your dishes and put them away after dinner got it so what we want them to do not what we don't like about them
0: okay so <laughs> make a, yes make the specific ask but don't say specifically what's bothering you
1: right right like instead of you so lazy for not to cleaning up the dishes, which typically doesn't go that well. But understandable that we feel that way. It typically goes better when we say it, it. It really, um, it really helps when you put your dishes away after dinner.
0: I know that you have been super busy, especially doing telehealth right now with your professional <laughs> life coaching. What's something that you're seeing right now? Something that you're surprised to see or something that's prevalent that's happening with your clients obviously i know you can't talk specifics but just something that you right. think we should be alerted to
1: well there's there's some positives and some some struggle areas i think that the common thread of the struggle areas is what if what if i don't get it, my job back what if i lose my job what if i can't pay my rent or my mortgage you know a lot of what ifs what if this goes on for another six months? What if the economy economy doesn't bounce back for a couple of years? Those are really normal feelings to have right now. On the other side of it, though, the the positive things I'm hearing people say are, you know, I wanted to stop and think about my next steps. I've been in a job that I haven't liked for years. Now's my Mm -hmm. opportunity to think about what do I really want to do? What am I excited about doing? What are some projects or crafts or fun things that I've looked forward to. What are some binge, binge TV shows that I <laughs> wanted to catch up on? And so there's, there's also that resilient spirit that I think we we have as humans, and that's been fun to, to listen to and watch as well. I think those first few weeks when we, you know, in Illinois, when we got the, the shelter at home, it's been almost a month for us. There was just shock and panic. Mm-hmm. And then now people are starting to say, okay, I'm, I'm not necessarily enjoying this, but I know that this is going to be the case at least for a little while longer. All right, what do I want to do? I'm ready to make some moves now because I think some of that shock and panic has worn off.
0: So if you're in the next steps phase, if this is a chance for you to take an opportunity, to take a hard look at your life and figure out, oh, I haven't really liked this. I know I don't like this. I want this. But what if you don't know what you want? What do you tell your clients that are saying, I know this isn't working for me. I'm not happy, but I don't really know specifically what I want. Do I need to know specifically what I want in order to move towards it?
1: <laughs> it well, and, and it's a great question. I hear it all the time. So I always say, let's talk about what you like to do, what you don't like to do, what are things that you do throughout your day that you, that even if you weren't getting paid to do it, you would do it. You know, what are those things that are really stimulating and exciting for you? All right, what? how can you take those and make a career out of those, you know, put those in your life in some way, or even use some of those as a hobby? And what are the things that you think about that really, if I never had to do this again, that would be fine with me? And, you know, are there ways to either limit or get rid of those things in, what, in your day-to-day life?
0: So a lot of writing lists, thinking, ruminating, and then I'm guessing <laughs> you're going to help us next time figure out what it is we really want. There you go. (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Lisa, for being with us. This has been Lisa Kaplan. She's a psychologist. Uh, She's now just working in as a certified professional life, also an executive coach. Also, she's a corporate speaker as well. She's uh, worked with companies like Kraft and Accenture. So, Lisa, thank you so much for being with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Stay safe and thank you so much. And her website is Lisa Kaplan, L I S -S A K A P L I N dot com.